Is the Elevator 2 podcast brought to you by Money Mitch? The podcast bringing you inside the world of hockey. From on the ice to inside the front office, we bring you places you've never been before. Now, here are your hosts Tori Mitchell, Jonathan Bates, Brian Strait, and Brady Farkas. Yeah, Billy G's last year there, uh, last year playing. So <clears throat> we go out. We're doing this warm-up drill. It's my very first. I'm on the ice with them. Like we're doing this. I don't know if you've ever done it, Mitch. The Orlando rim. They like rim it around the boards. It was something. It was a staple in Pittsburgh. The, the four yep. goes down, picks it up, makes a pass to the center. Well, anyways, Dan Bausma wanted the D men to kind of come down, put a little pressure on the the forward to make it hard to make that middle that middle bump play. Um, so it's my first drill ever. It's a friggin' warm-up drill. I'm just all excited to be out there. It's my first training camp. I go up against Billy G and like, I go down there a little bit too hard because they <laughs> wanted the D to, you know, play a little stiff down there. I get down, I get my stick on and I kind of like rub them out. Oh, right? no. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, <laughs> I, I look at him and he looks at me and he just, he doesn't say anything. Like if, if fucking eyes could you know, stare a hole through you, right? I'm like, oh no, what did I do? So second time around, same drill. I'm going down there with Billy. I come down, I'm like, I'm not going to go in hard. Well, anyways, he reverse hits me. Elbow right to my face. Oh, Nose man. is leaking everywhere. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Wow. I go off, off the ice after, like, I, you know, they plug it or whatever during um, – practice i go off the ice i'm in the training room because i'm a schmelt over in the other visitor room right <laughs> so i go in the actual penguins training room i'm in there and billy walks in and he goes hey kid how's it going what's going on how you how you doing and i'm <laughs> like I'm, I'm you know i'm getting my nose like plugged up here making sure it's not bleeding all over the place and then he gave me a ride home <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> your own teammate your own teammate essentially broke your nose on purpose in warm-ups yeah yeah i mean i i shouldn't have done what i done but you know <laughs> I, you you live you learn i mean i was just a young kid didn't know what uh didn't know what i was doing and and i learned you know leave the veteran guys alone especially him then you start. Then you start. Out. You start lining up the drill, right? Like, okay, who's another rookie that I can go against? No, you go next. You go next. <laughs> yeah. He was in Lewis, and I hardly hit him. And uh, I'm trying to join the play, and he's back checking, and he baseball swing two handed right in the back of the uh, knee, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and then I get cross checked, bang. I'm at the red line now, like face planting on the ice. I, I turn and look up, it's him. So I, I like gather myself and I, I kind of like skate up to him. I was like, I hardly, I go, I hardly touched you. He goes, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And the year before, like the year before he was in San Jose. So I just missed him by like a year or something like that. And I, I get back to the bench and, all I heard about how great of a guy Billy Garen was. Oh, we're playing PG tonight. Like, oh, we got to catch up with him. But maybe anyone going to dinner with him before the game, night before the game, we catch up with him after the game. Where's Billy G? I'm like, fuck Billy G. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway, it was fucking uh, just his, 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 stay his, away. 
get away from that afterwards. His you know? son, um, his uh, his son went to Salisbury, where where I went to prep school, and um, mm-hmm. so we were there a couple years ago for like an alumni spring event, whatever. And um, you know, whenever I'd see him on the road, he'd be like, "Oh, you know," I'd ask how his son. I think I think his name is Liam. How how Liam's doing at Salisbury, that kind of thing, whatever. And um, we're we're playing outside. Like I've got my kids. Brody's Brody's a year and a half, two years old. Like so, he's buzzing all over the place. All of a sudden, like door, somebody opened the door to to this building, and Brody buzzes in, and like before I can even you know even realize that he's gone, I'm like, "Oh crap." I run in after him five seconds behind him and, and there's Billy G playing with my son, like throwing him up around. I'm like, Oh God. And he looks at me and he's like, is this your kid? And I was like, yeah, this is my kid. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. So I got a, it's a funny picture, but he's a good dude, man. He is he's a, a good great, dude. Yeah. It's, it's so sure. funny. Like he, like he turns it on, like he would turn it on, on the ice. Mm-hmm totally different person and then once you get off it's just like yeah. happy-go-lucky fucking Dude, yeah, I love there's, that. Something, there's something in the in the water during that generation of oh, u.s yeah. hockey players i mean ronick was the same way these guys were mean when they <laughs> you crossed mm-hmm. them over, they were mean ronick uh kachuk garen yeah. kelios I, i'm just thinking of they lang and bruno those guys had a oh, they could be with it it was, just, like, it, it was really just you, Mitch. It was really you brought that out in them. I mean, I, I, maybe I got that face. Do I have that face? I don't, fuck, I don't want to kill this fucking guy. Yeah, it is crazy. I don't even think it was just the like. I think like all of like you know hockey, North American hockey was like that at that generation, right? And yeah. then it was just you know they just that's how they grew up playing. And when they're on the ice, they're on the ice and they're competing. And when they're off, you know everyone everyone's buddies yeah <laughs> i mean look at i i look at uh when i look at chris pronger like you know get inducted into some stuff now and or any interviews that he does i'm like what a big golly teddy bear the guy yeah. is what a <laughs> wasn't kid. like that on the ice was he he he, he was just it, it, there was not that many guys that were that big and yeah that mean at the same time i'm thinking hatcher and pronger during that era like what these guys were so they they, they wanted to kill you in the corner <laughs> and i'm in playoff series against these guys i'm like sucking my thumb when i go i'm like oh no 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 he's coming he's coming <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I gotta go so in the corner gay. against this guy. Somebody yeah. tripping. So <laughs> Somebody tripping. It, 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 it was like a, a treat when, when you played Anaheim back then. It was a treat to to you know when Niedermeyer or Schneider was coming after you instead of uh, <laughs> friggin' stronger, you know. And those guys were obviously great players, but you know, oh. craziness. It's fun in the world. They don't make uh, them like that anymore. No, not at all. But we could talk. There's so many guys like that. Tell me about it. That's crazy. Batesy, why don't you give us a quick, uh, we're, we're excited about the next guest, Mike McKenzie. Give us a quick uh, rundown uh, for our listeners. Uh, he's coming up here. So we're, we're super excited to have him on. Yeah, great chat with Mike McKenzie, um, head coach, general manager of uh, the Ontario Hockey League's Kitchener Rangers. Uh, he's got a fun fun tale, you know, talking a little bit about his history um, as a player in the NCAA, playing for St. Lawrence, and then his transition into coaching the Ontario Hockey League and kind of his rise to to the head coaching position, the GM position, 
um, you know, at a young age, he's, he's 35, 36 years old. Um, so, uh, been, been coaching there, been working in management for the last 10 years, fun conversation to, uh, to hear about how he kind of got involved and some of the strengths, um, uh, that, uh, that he brings to his team and obviously some of the challenges as well, um, kind of balancing those. So we're, we got a fun conversation for everybody looking forward to, uh, to sharing it with you. We'll do that. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Elevate 2 podcast here, hosted by Tori Mitchell, not Money Mitch. It's Money uh, Mitch. Brian Strait, myself. What's up? And uh, we are excited. We have uh, a fun guest today, head coach of the Ontario Hockey League's Kitchener Rangers, as well as general manager, multitasker, former St. Lawrence Saint. Uh, mm. Fighting Saints, Fighting Saints, Skating Ski- Saints, Skating Saints, yeah. skating, skating Saints. Saints. We'll talk about that. That's kind of tough, but that's okay. We are uh, really excited <laughs> to welcome to the Elevate 2 podcast, Mike McKenzie. What's going on, Mac? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, boys. Happy to be here. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. We uh, we wanted to chat with you a, a lot of different aspects of, of your career, your life in hockey ops. Um, first and foremost, the whole dual job title the head coach and gm that is like how do you multitask throughout that's a throughout lot the course of the day that is that a is, lot that's two titles yeah that's two jobs that's two, two <laughs> jobs yeah exactly like how did you how did you get into that and and talk talk about a typical day there kid oh yeah God. it's uh it was completely by accident to be honest i didn't have any plans of being both ever um i started off in coaching uh as an assistant coach and kind of worked my way up and started doing a little bit more management management stuff and kind of split uh doing some coaching some management stuff and i realized pretty quickly that i like the management stuff more and so i started transitioning into more management and uh sometimes when you're dealing with teenage kids it's not always easy and you you get sick of uh reminding them to compete or uh do the right things so I, I deal I with that with these two. I deal with that with these you're two. You're still dealing with that, oh, yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, so, yeah, I just I ended up in management, and then uh, it would have been three years ago now. Uh, we made a coaching change, kind of midway through the season, and uh, I took over at that point. And um, last year was canceled due to COVID, obviously, so we didn't play, so I didn't get the chance to coach them. But this year, coming back, I just figured I give it another go this year and see how it went. But it is a lot. It's uh, it's probably not a sustainable thing to do for for many years. But uh, right now it's all right. And and we're we're getting through it. Take me back to uh, to your childhood. Uh, I know I know uh, we crossed paths in the, the ECAC or no, no, we would have been in hockey East at, at UVM uh, when we played against you at St. Lawrence. But take me back to your childhood amateur hockey. How'd you come through the ranks? Where'd you play? And then uh, obviously ended up at St. Lawrence, but take me take me back in time here. Yeah, we did cross paths. I would have been the guy trying to chase you down because you're so damn fast, <laughs> hacking, uh, hacking your keep ankles going. off because keep I can't going. skate. Keep going. Well, I was uh. I was just such a bad skater, and you were a good one, so it's a it's a really bad combo. But uh, hundred points, so hundred points. Hundred plus points, Mac. Come on, yeah, you, yeah, listen. What, what you lacked in your. What you, yeah, what you lacked for in your feet, you made up with your, your smarts. I, I knew where the and, net was. I knew where the yeah. net was. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I grew up in Whitby, Ontario. Mm-hmm. And, and like most kids in Ontario, I just played hockey in my hometown and kind of played AAA all the way up, uh, right up through through seven, eight years of AAA, and then went on to play four years uh, of junior A hockey and finished with the St. Mike's Buzzers. And, and that's kind of where I got noticed and 
and, and was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to St. Lawrence and go play there for four years. So that's kind of how am it I, all am I, went. Am I thinking of, uh, sorry to cut you off, did uh, Braden Irwin, did you guys cross paths and yeah. uh, the buzzers there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I played with Braden for a year or two. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Sorry big, about that. You called him Big Bird. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Is that so you guys are responsible for that nickname for Irv? Well, we're gonna take credit for that because we had him first. So he made he made the mistake when he got to UVM straighter. You don't know when you played it, you would have played against him straighter, but you I remember that he made the mistake of telling us that that was his nickname in junior hockey. And we're like thanks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, Mac, I cut you off. I cut you off. Go keep going there. Yeah, no, but yeah, you're welcome for the nickname. Um <laughs> he uh yeah, so I played I played four years there and got a scholarship to St. Lawrence and went on to play four years there. And um that's where I would have crossed paths with, with you guys. Um and then after that I just played two years pro, kind of up and down, East Coast League, American League, kind of suitcase, living out of a hotel. Kind oh, of yeah. that that guy you know and <laughs> i said i said two years of that's probably enough for me and uh and shut her down when i was about 25 and and uh got really lucky to get hired by kitchener as an assistant coach pretty close to retiring right after that and i've been here ever since so that's kind of the path i took growing up so that that's awesome i actually have a question for you and tori on this because i don't know why it just never has come up on the podcast yet but I think these days there's a lot more Canadian players, right, going and playing American college hockey. Um, and you're obviously involved with the OHL at this point too. Like what, for both of you, the paths there, right? Like did you ever consider major junior hockey, either of you guys, or is it just like something – did you consider – like did you want to go play college hockey or did, was it just something just kind of happened? Um, yeah. Yeah, like I was drafted in the OHL in yeah. like the seventh round, so right in the middle. So I wasn't exactly a high-end player for a second, third-round pick and kind of a late bloomer. Like we talked about the skating. We don't need to talk about that too, too much. But <laughs> skate, skating wasn't where it needed to be. A little bit weaker, buck 50 coming out of uh, coming out of junior or yeah. going yeah. into junior. Um, probably just wasn't the right decision for me to jump into that and play against those top guys. Mm -hmm. um, growing up in Ontario, yeah. though, you always look like, like we grew up around the OHL and like, that's sure. what there is. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty common for, for Ontario kids to go to OHL games growing up. And there's, yeah. you know, there's so many, there's 20, you know, 17 teams in Ontario. So depending on where you live, there's probably a team pretty close by that you root for growing up. So mm -hmm. it was always an option. And, and I went to some camps with Saginaw, but in my, uh, I kind of knew maybe it wasn't the best option, and and my my parents were were key in that too. I think they knew I wasn't ready for it and kind of steered me uh, yeah. in another direction. And at that point, you know, I played a couple of years of junior, and then you you just get so you're eighteen, nineteen now, and there's really no point. You know, gotcha, right. you just kind of like right. age out. So yeah. that was kind of my thing, um, and the and the way I ended up kind of going down that road. Um, which is kind of weird because now I'm back in the OHL, but I played in the NCAA and it's kind mm -hmm. of like two worlds colliding. People kind of pit those against each other, which is kind of funny to me. Yeah. yeah I'm, so. I'm actually not to jump in, but I'm just interested, like, 
is that tough for you like to recruit kids to the OHL knowing that they know you went NCAA like like how it's actually how that awesome dichotomy? it's actually it okay it's actually better because I can actually sit in front of a family and you know with a straight face Give say hey I have an unbiased an unbiased opinion yeah I, sure. I did this and now I'm back here and I know what it's about I'm not just saying stuff that I've heard or sure or trashing this because you know I've heard this about it it's like I've lived through that and now I'm here and I can offer a perspective on both sides and a pretty educated opinion on both sides so I think it's it's actually helpful in a way um and I can use my story because because ultimately we're recruiting pretty top tier kids yeah to come to yeah. our league right so I can I can actually um chirp myself a little bit and say like hey if i was a better player i would have gone to the ohl but i, I was a better good. player i would have been the top player you're really good so you should come you know but if you yeah. were if you were like me then maybe it's better you go down yeah. the other road because you know you need more time to develop but in generally we're we're recruiting top guys that yeah. are like right. really really yeah. high-end players sure. so it's a little bit different but it sounds yeah. like it's a, it's a huge advantage for you the quebec league quebec's a little bit different because they don't have good junior a hockey there straighter it's like gotcha. you play you play triple a midget and then you know everyone wants to go to the quebec league so my entire team was essentially drafted we back back then it was like uh the air canada cup i think it was called and now it might be the telus cup or i don't know what they call it the midget nationals you get to the midget nationals and the quebec team is always one of the strongest teams because we don't have 16 year olds that go play junior a they all they either make the jump to the quebec league or they stay and play triple a midget so mm -hmm. the triple a midget league it's actually back then it was in, in the uh, early 2000s it was harder to win the quebec league than it was to win the nationals so mm -hmm. uh you know the team ontario there mac was like fucking i think we beat them 10-1 in the round robin which come on like what quebec team is going to be beat uh you know a, a top ontario team 10-1 it would never happen those kids you know just they either make the jump to the OHL or they they you know they're 16 they end up on a ju good junior A team so it's a yeah. little it's a little different that way in Quebec gotcha. because I mean it's it's kind of a it's not it's not the end of your career but it's uh, that tier two junior league in Quebec is not somewhere where you want to end up so the kids gotcha. that do want to play NCAA hockey um, look to either go to prep school or junior A in Ontario like the Ottawa. Yeah league with like Nepean Raiders and stuff like that those teams Cornwall but um uh I do have another question Mac you so right after you got done uh playing which is pretty good discipline you said you were only going to do two years and you did it which doesn't happen often guys <laughs> yeah. guys kind of squeeze out another year in Europe or two yeah you know? that's really but, impressive but, actually but, yeah it's impressive I you didn't want to be that guy that was doing yeah the one the one more year thing one more year how old were you how old were you when you graduated Matt, you're in, uh, are you an 86 I, or an 87? What are I'm you? an 86. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I went in as a 20 year old freshman. Um, so I was like 24, graduate 25, yeah. 26, my two years of pro. So sure. Sure. And then, um, and, and just then, real quick, before, hold on, Mitch. I just wanted to clarify something before, like the reason why Mitch went NCAA and not the Q was because, um, you know, he want his parents are educators, but mm there was a good chance that he actually was going to, he couldn't pass clearinghouse. True story. So, 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 so he almost I mean, ended yeah, up. Yeah, it's in, not St. Lawrence. You. See, you were a better <laughs> yeah. skater. You were a better skater than me, but I had no problem passing clearinghouse. So, <laughs> <laughs> or, or even that. But all my Hold on. One no, no, no. 
No, no, slow oh, your roll. Slow basket worked out. Slow, Look at the backdrop. Slow, <laughs> slow your roll. Hold on. Quick story. All right, just quick story. I remember freshman year. It's like September. I'm having lunch. In comes Mitch into the dining hall, and he's like got this like flustered. Look. And we're three weeks into school. I don't really know the guy that well, and he's like, "I think I'm leaving." I'm like, oh, where are you going? He's like, I don't I don't know if I'm going to pass clearinghouse. I'm like, <laughs> you still haven't passed clearinghouse? What the hell are you talking about? He's like, nope. I, I, this could be my, my last meal. <laughs> keep in mind. Keep in mind. Who drafted you in the queue? Who had your rights at that point? Because they were probably me. licking their chops going, oh, yeah. Gary, this guy's having some trouble oh, yeah. down there. We might oh, get yeah. him. Oh, yeah. It was shakoo to me. But because uh, that there was like, possibly that i might not fully get cleared like they they like temporarily cleared me where i could practice with the fucking team what a dream and then um so I, i'm like waiting on this like result from the ncaa meanwhile i'm seeing all these like the, i'm seeing the names i'm on this like email list seeing these names from like this fucking alabama football guys are getting cleared and i'm like what's happening you know i had i had long story long story but i uh i had my family advisor agent uh strike a deal with Ramuski. so i got traded to Ramuski the year that crosby and uh you know mario scalzo mark antoine Pouliot, those guys they went to memorial cup so i did have a nice little backup plan while i was a little flustered in the dining hall with Batesy that day <laughs> so i had a little backup there you go that's good representation yeah. oh man yeah. it was classic um Side all note, right, on so, the story, Batesy, i yeah, want to talk about myself a little bit longer okay <laughs> Dude, they, they give me, they, they offer me a Mazda, a fucking Mazda. Like, how French is that? A Mazda, <laughs> a uh, a laptop, like, oh, fuck. laptop that sold me, and 20K cash, Canadian. <laughs> and I was, I called, I, I, as soon as I heard this from my agent, I called my, I called my parents. I'm like, this is a good deal, guys. <laughs> I'm getting a Mazda here. Uh, <laughs> get in the car. All right, enough about me. Keep going, keep going, Bates. Uh, no, so Mac, I want to hear, um, like, getting back to reality here. Um, like, just take us through, like, how do you manage your time? Like, like you're you're planning practice, you're 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 recruiting, you're scouting, um, and I mean, and you're doing all the other managerial duties that are required. You're you're dealing with the league, you're dealing with COVID. Like, I mean, how many different directions are you pulled in over the course of of, of a typical workday? A lot. Um, I'm, I'm lucky to have pretty good assistant coaches and some you know, my assistant GM and some guys in the management scouts and people around me that can kind of pick up the slack. But like there really is no there's no way you can do every every single thing. So you, you do need help. Um, but it, it really boils down to and I have two little kids, too, at home, a four year old and a two and a half year old. So you throw those into the mix, too. It's uh, it's even crazier, but I mm -hmm. I mean it boils down. I I have no life, like really. I, like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's yeah. you know like yeah. it's uh, it's funny to say, and it's it's kind of a joke, but it's not really a joke. It's like yeah. I I literally have no life. I spend time with my kids, and and otherwise right. it's it's work. I yeah. I don't have a social life. I don't have many hobbies. You know I don't. I don't go fishing. I like, I don't golf. It, like it's, it's work. And Even it's the summer. So the summer is super busy for you too. It's not as busy, but you always say it's one of those things where you're like, Oh yeah, great. We'll have some time off in July and, and maybe part of August and it'll be a bit lighter. And then all of a sudden you get to, to June or July and you're like, like, 
oh my god it, it hasn't been lighter yet like i better take yeah. a week off here because yeah. like we're almost in august now and then mm. camp starts at the end of august so it's always one of those things where you're looking and you're like i'll get some time off and and it'll be fine but then once you factor in like our spring camp and then recruiting and signing players and and all these little planning for next year you know the schedule and things like that it, it slowly starts chipping away at your summer more than you would expect and then next thing you know you're into august and it's like it's almost hockey time again so it's it used to be i think like a eight or nine month a year job but now i think anyone will tell you in junior hockey and and in pro hockey that it's hockey's a 12 month year job pretty much if you're going to be sure. a manager yeah. or coaching if you want to do it yeah. well i mean you could shut her down for three months but guys are going to pass you and learn more than you and and yeah it's just one of those things where you you're always kind of on the go i mean you're always so, looking for the edge so you go uh two years in the mostly in the east coast both years it was I, like I up and down about. Up, yeah, it was up some... and down. I started in Florida with the Everblades, and then I got called up to Charlotte in the A, and uh, I spent some time there, but I was kind of in there to the lineup. And then my second year, I started in Florida again, and then I uh, I went up to Houston, and that's where I kind of finished and ended up shutting her down in Houston. So I started both years in the coast, ended up in the A, but just kind of a fourth line plug kind of guy. And then, and then how many, how yeah. many years I had, I had the, uh, the whole thing pulled up here, but now my phone. So it goes, uh, you know, how many years as an assistant coach before you came into, came into this role? Um, so this is like my 10th year with the team. So I started as the, uh, like the third assistant coach. So like not even on the bench, like the guy up in the box, eye in the sky guy or yeah. whatever you want to call him. The headset. Just, you uh, got the headset. Looking oh yeah, headset on yeah. and cutting yeah. the video and <laughs> booking hotels and buses and meals sure. and getting yelled at yeah, yeah. doing the wrong yeah. thing. Um, basically sharpening started, my skates at UVM. I, you hey, start I started somewhere. sharpening skates, man. You got to start somewhere. Someone's yeah. got to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good to know all that, how to do all that crap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started as doing that and um, we had some people leave. Um, a coach went up to pro and another guy left to go to a different team and kind of there was some shifting around in the, in the next couple of years. And so I kind of got a, a little bit of a step up to become the second assistant. And then two or three years after that, um, I started doing more management stuff. So I kind of mixed titles. I was assistant coach and assistant GM and doing kind of like dipping my toe into both uh waters there and then eventually i think it was like would have been like my sixth year with the team i became full-time general manager and that's when i thought i would stop coaching for good and then mm -hmm. here here we are now but that's kind of how the transition uh went from coaching to management so that's why so you you were uh, you full-time gm assistant and then was it jay mckee that he he when he left you you stepped in full-time head coach it was jay mckee right yeah that's correct then, yeah yeah and then you guys but like your first full season as coach you guys like went on a fucking tear didn't you yeah didn't you have yeah, like 35 did. wins or something yeah it was it was it was pretty crazy we won the first 10 games um in a row <laughs> after after it happened so jesus and uh i mean a lot of it was timing too like we had some inner injuries and we got guys back and our goalie kind of started playing well it was kind of like the canucks this year a little bit right mm -hmm. when boudreau took over mm -hmm. and, De and demco started playing yeah. and they got some guys back and they just found a bit of mojo and yeah like you get that little spark and all of a sudden guys are like hey we're actually 
we're all right here and they you, you win and you win two and then it just turns into so yeah we had we had a pretty good year um yeah. that year yeah and it's and funny Luke... it's, sorry Mitzi, it's funny uh just just what the fuck it's funny it's talking about that like just those those little little changes granted a, a, cha a coaching change is more than little but it's the same team and all of a sudden they go on a tear uh i always find that interesting when i see that happening um sometimes just a new voice just does it that's uh, sorry Bates. i cut you off go ahead <laughs> is that the end of your story good story mitch um <laughs> I didn't want to um, say it, but <laughs> as you can see, Mac, we have a we have a Michael Jackson there. Relationship. It was an observation. Yeah. It was a good observation. <laughs> um, I got AT. Can I jump in? Yeah, yeah, please. So you've please. been doing it for quite a while, right, Mike? And um, you know, I think once, you, obviously, once you start getting gaining experience in all these different jobs that you're doing, right, you start to think about your long term. Like, what's your long term goals here? That's a good question. Honestly, like, I don't really think that much about it. Like, like I know, like, yeah. like when you're younger and you're starting out, you're like, I gotta get to the NHL. I, like, yeah. I'm going to coach in the NHL. Like, and you see other people like your age and you're like, like, why is he getting hired? Like, I, I gotta get up there. And you're like on the fast track and everything's gotta be like the next greatest thing. And, and, uh, and, as time goes on, it, it kind of changes, at least it did for me. Like, and right now I'm really, I'm just really happy with what I'm doing. And if something ever comes up in the future, then sure. I'll, I'll take a look at it, but I, I'm not the kind of guy or not in the position right now where I'm just going to jump at the first thing that comes up and blindly say, you know what, I just need to go to pro hockey and I'll take anything. It's, it's gotta be the perfect situation um, in all areas. And, and, um, I'm really happy with what I'm doing right now. And Kitchener's an unreal organization. It's home for me now. So I, I really am in no hurry to go anywhere. And I don't I don't really have big plans, to be honest with you, to, to move up or, or really yeah. like climb the ladder quickly as I know some guys do. But I think the older you get, the more patient you become and, and really just kind of wait for the right opportunity or just be happy with what you're doing and be thankful for what you kind of have here. That that was my problem. Great mindset, man. Honestly, Mike, that that's a terrific mindset because that was my problem. I felt like, you know, I got hired out of college to start working in in Vancouver, and I felt like, wow, like <clears throat> if in the next five five ten years, if I'm still scouting, like I'm not, I'm I'm just going to be a scout. And and what what can I do to set my? And it was I was always looking ahead, and it's good to have aspirations, it's good to have goals. You you should have those, but you know, at, at some point, you also got to sit back and recognize, hey, like what I'm doing right now is pretty damn good, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah, and then you're for sure. Crazy. Yeah, you'll kill yourself thinking about yeah, it, right? Right. Like every exactly. person that gets hired, every it's the same yeah. as when like you're in the you're in the American League or whatever, and guys are getting called up at the East Coast League, and you're just like you're driving yourself bonkers thinking like, <laughs> "Why him? Yeah. I have more points than him." And it's it's just yeah. such like a bad it's such a bad mindset to have. I feel it's like so comparing awesome. yourself to others and. And it's yeah. just like take care of your business, do do your job the best of your ability if you mm -hmm. really love it, and and good things will happen whether it's with another opportunity or with the team you're with. So and kids change everything too, right? You have yeah. two little kids, like that changes everything. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Are they, uh, are, they are they are they into hockey? Your kids? Boy, boys, really. girls? What do you have? Uh, I, have yeah. a, I have a little girl. She's she just turned four in November, and yeah. uh, and a boy that's uh, coming up on three in June. So they're not they're not that big into hockey. Honestly, I haven't yeah. pushed them. I haven't pushed them down the road, yeah. down that road yet at all. Like I just want to kind of let them, like find what they want to do. And if they want to play hockey, then awesome. Then I can help them with yeah. that. But I'd honestly be just as happy if they played like tennis or baseball sure. and something I didn't know about where I could yeah. just say, Hey, listen to your coach. He knows yeah. what to do. I don't like, yeah. and just like leave them be to do their mm -hmm. own things, but if they want to play hockey by all means. I would love that too, but they're so, yeah. they're, they're so young still. Right. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, all, all four of us have all four of us have young kids, and same thing. Oh, like yeah. if if yeah. my kids never set foot in a hockey rink, so be it. I I really just just go have fun. Just go I think when fun. you I think when you play, sometimes you realize like how hard it is, and like how much of a grind <laughs> it is, and the injuries, and all the, like the sh all the shit that comes with it. And yeah. you're like, do I really want that for my kids? Like it would yeah. be pretty cool for them to go play tennis and like, <laughs> yeah. just like swap the ball around. Nice Go, like, Maybe go play some golf. Yeah, Seriously, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, got, I got one for you, Mac. Was there a mm -hmm. mentor along the way for you that kind of, you know, really helped you out as, on the coaching side of things? Because um, I know, I know, um, you know, playing and coaching are so different. Was there someone that kind of took you under your, their wing a little bit? Yeah, there's a couple people. There, there's not like one person where I can really like, like I've worked with a lot of people. So there's not one like person I've worked with for like eight years where there, it's like, that's the guy that taught me everything because there was some kind of transition. Um, yeah. But like Steve Spot was the one that hired me. Um, and he was, he was my boss for one year until he went pro and he's in Vegas now with uh, Pete DeBoer um, coaching in, in Vegas. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, a guy named Troy Smith um, was in Kitchener for a while with me and he taught me some good things. Mike Van Ryan was, uh, was here with me for a little bit. He's in uh, St. Louis right now with the blues as an assistant coach. So um, nice. I tried to like pick up a little bit from everyone um, along the way. And even when I was playing, I found myself looking at like my coaches and I kind of knew deep down, I wanted to coach at some point or be involved in hockey. So even when I was playing, I was like, I was like thinking kind of like a coach, like, like, mm -hmm. Oh, like, like what's he doing or, or why is he doing this? Or, or sometimes like, like, I don't agree with that. This, this, I would never do this if I was a coach, like to the players or whatever. Right, I, right. And so like, I kind of like tucked all those things away and just kind of took pieces from some guys that coached me or some guys I worked with and the pieces that I didn't love. And, and you kind of like blend it all in and throw it into a pot and kind of make it your own. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, you want to be like authentic, right? Like you want to be your own, yeah. your own person, your own style, but you can take a little bit from each, each kind of person and put it into your own, own style. But I think the, the question of mentor, I think my dad is probably the main guy, even though it's not like from a coaching specific perspective, but like, you know, growing up, um, yeah. he taught me everything about hockey and mindset and, and a lot of stuff that like I use now still, um, as a coach, um, and just like in general. So I think he would be like the guy I would like point to and be like, that was like, definitely like most guys, most, yeah, you know, for sure. their parents is a role model or their, or their mentor. And, and for him, uh, for me, that was him for sure. I have one more question for you, Mac, but straighter, do you have something you were going to jump in at or, uh, no, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought you, uh, I was just going to say, um, 
My last question for you, Mac, is being in the organization for 10 years, you've you've seen a big transformation in, in the growth of the game, the skill obviously playing. Talk about the 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 mentality of a 16, 17, 18-year-old now versus when you started. How has that changed? How has the game affected? How has how has the world changed and affected um, kind of the mindset of a kid today versus when you started? Yeah, that's a really good question. It hasn't changed too too much for me because I mean I've been I've been here for 10 years now in junior hockey. So it seems like 10 years seems like a long time. It's not like that long really. Like it's not you know, 20, 30, 40 years, but there has been some shift. I think the biggest thing is um, obviously social media is so big now. And even when I started, it wasn't, it was getting going, but now it's like, it's, it's obviously huge with, with kids that age, especially. So they've, they've grown up with social media. Um, a lot of their life revolves around social media, which can be tough i think sometimes for kids um and harmful um for you know just their how they view themselves and and what goes into their brain and things like that so that's one change and i think the other change is a lot of kids now are playing hockey year round it seems like um whereas when i played i played hockey and then i played lacrosse so like my last hockey game of the year i would just hang my skates up and they wouldn't come back out until tryouts in the yeah. fall. I pick up my lacrosse stick and play lacrosse for three or four months. So um, that's a big change because it's, it's just different when they're playing year round and they're playing spring and summer hockey. I was talking to someone about this the other day and it's, it's like they always have the next thing to look like to go towards. So like if I didn't have a good tournament this weekend, well, like I've got next weekend or I didn't have a good season well, I've got spring hockey or summer hockey. Yeah. And if you don't do well in spring or summer hockey, you're like, well, I've got, I've got next year. And it's mm-hmm. almost like, it's almost like there's no urgency to like get through struggles and like, and, and like urgency to be good. And it's like, cause you've always got that next tournament. And yeah. as opposed to when kids play and it's like, you have three or four tournaments a year, you have six or seven months and it's like, that's hockey season. And then it's over. Like, so I think for us, we see kids coming in and it's um, like the urgency to compete and the habits um, have dropped off um, a little bit, I'd say, in terms of just like when they get to us when they're 16, um, their their habits and their actual like, you know, on ice habits in terms of like work ethic, compete, those aren't exactly where they need to be um and it's really hard because you know they're getting to us when they're 16 or 17 years old and they've they've those habits have formed over 12 10 12 years of of playing hockey mm-hmm. or sports and they're getting to us and we have to break them in a year or two right sure. which is a tough task so i would say like if if i want if, if i was going to pinpoint a couple things those are probably the main ones that have kind of shifted in the last 10 years or maybe even 15 20 years they're, they're all great points the, the year-round hockey man it gets me oh my god like these young kids especially the the really younger ages i was listening to another podcast about this and they were talking about you guys remember going to a, a summer tournament right like when you were a kid and how exciting it was it was your one tournament or even during the yeah. season it was like your one tournament like you get to mm-hmm. go go somewhere for the tournament you have a good time these kids are playing in like 
10 a year and it's gets to the point for like these younger ages maybe 12 years old where they're just like it's just routine it's like oh another tournament we're going to buffalo this week and we're going to la next week yeah. like and they're not even it's not even exciting to them anymore i'm like that's that's just sad yeah what, what, it is, what, it is. what i want to know is like how how do people afford it i mean i mean it's big business like like i say that half jokingly but i'm also serious like holy smokes like like hockey's always been an expensive game, of course, and we've all been fortunate to grow up and, and been able to play it. But man, like year round, it's not it's astronomical. Now, now, now right. it's a whole other level of money. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's definitely gotten worse that way because you're right. It's it's you got to keep up with the Joneses. So yeah. if they're going into spring hockey, then it, and it just keeps going, 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 oh. right? And uh, it, it, I think, yeah, I think that's a huge problem. It needs to be more accessible because. I think even in Canada where hockey's, you know, the number one sport, I think there's a lot of kids and families that are looking at it going like, you know, like we can't find do that this else. year. Like we got to find really something else. And man. that's not good for the sport, right? When no. you have people not, it's not available to them. No, no. The days of the uh, hand-me-downs, I don't see that as much uh, using <laughs> Big Brothers uh, skates, you know, waiting to, to fit properly. I just don't see it as much anymore. Everyone's yeah. wearing the nicest stuff and, it is not cheap. Um, it's crazy. Totally crazy. Well, we, we really appreciate your time, Mac. Another hour with Mac. I know. Yeah, I could right. keep talking to you. I got all, I got all night, boys. So yeah. oh, <laughs> Just a few minutes ago, he's talking about how he's got no life. Now he's like, crack, crack a drink, pal. Let's go. Well, yeah, no, he's got the, the wife's got the kids in bed. He he's, doesn't want to go anywhere. I don't want to go upstairs either, guys. Hey. Being honest, <laughs> Speaking of drinks, where can I get some of those margaritas your, uh, your dad's slinging? Oh, <laughs> those things yes. look unbelievable. Yes, your <laughs> old man. That's right. Uh, I don't, I, well, they're not available in Ontario yet. So, but you oh. guys, that's okay for you guys. Cause I don't think any of you guys are, are here. Are they um, in the U S are they in they, the United States? Uh, I don't know. I should know this because <laughs> I'm not involved. My brother's more involved. He's getting yeah. a cut of it. So he actually takes it serious. <laughs> so he was part of the, he was part of the, the planning and stuff. So I think he's getting a little cut. So he's right. He's got his nose right in there. And I'm just like, ah, whatever. I gotta, I gotta go watch some hockey videos. Can I get a four? I gotta go watch a 15 year old play. I can't yeah. Do I'll be, I'll be freezing my ass off in, yeah. uh, in, in, in North Bay. Right. <laughs> yeah, <now>. exactly. Unreal. <laughs> But they're, I, uh, I think they're coming out in the U.S. at some point. They're um, they're available out west in Canada and out east, but not Ontario yet. I think they're coming in the spring. So keep your keep your eyes peeled. They'll be yeah. coming. Uh, I'm, like I'm the not app. a huge mar- <laughs> I'm not a huge margarita guy, but you know Cinco de Mayo we can give it a try for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I Mac, I had to I had to look you up and see if I had any game reports on you. And I do. Good stuff, BT. I have two. I have two game reports, and they're not bad. They're not bad. You That's actually... why I got the skating thing out early because if <laughs> I say it, then you can't use it against me. No, it, like it. It actually makes me feel like. The, I was gonna build you up, tell you how nice your hairline still is, and then we're gonna pick <laughs> you down with a scatter report. But it's a good one, BT. Come on. It's it's pretty good. It, well, it's. I mean, it it's what you were. So I'll just read. I've got two here. Okay. One from. The 2010 ECAC championship against Brown. And I actually remember this game in in Albany. I remember it very clearly. Um, But uh, you've got astronomical numbers for hockey sense. Like, I really pump your tires pretty good about your your Hmm. ability to think the game. But anyways. um, Yeah. So so I'm starting with that to tell you. But anyways, um, I said uh, no power to his skating, but he has height, but also no strength. 
Average oh, speed yeah. once the engine is running and he battles very hard. Excellent hockey sense, but no quickness. He's been a great college player and he has a good shot at the East Coast League. Maybe depth. You sold me uh, short. I made it to the American League. Uh, I, didn't so, play, so, I didn't play uh, many games, but I got there. <laughs> so I, the great. next game I saw you, I saw you when you were in Charlotte playing at Bridgeport and a year later, March of 2011. You're playing on the fourth line. I don't know who you were playing with, but you're playing on the fourth line, and it was it was kind of short and sweet. Um, ECHL <laughs> call up, um, <laughs> one speed, no interest. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. That's good. Uh, hey, Mac, that's better than Strader uh, being called. Oh. Yeah, straight. Useless, we had Patrick, right? Was that one? Yeah, we Useless. had we had Patrick Burke on a few weeks back, and and he saw a straighter, and he started his game report out with pretty useless. <laughs> pretty oh. useless. <laughs> See, that's it's dangerous though, because like like I go back and read my own reports on guys oh, now, yeah. and it's yeah. like the amount of times you're wrong or look stupid. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, like yeah, for sure. Like people could go through Rinknet. This is like I don't know if you you guys use Rinknet, but yeah, like. That's a dean that rink net is a dangerous place for a lot of people. Oh man, there's some ugly stuff in there. A lot yeah. of a lot of uh, errors made on scouting. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, mean, for you're, sure. you're you're wrong. You're wrong just as much as you're right, if not more. So, yeah. um, hilarious. We we really appreciate your time, man. Um, best of luck to uh, to the Kitchener Rangers. Um, we would love to have you back on. Continue to shoot the shit, whatever. Um, and uh, and, and if and when we. Yeah, if if and when we get up to Toronto, or if you're down in the states, um, love to get you, um, you know, for uh, for another in person chat and, and keep keep it going. But thank you again, Mike McKenzie, head coach, general manager, Kitchener Rangers. Uh, thank you very much for joining the Elevate O Two podcast, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime, guys. I enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, let's catch up at some point.